0: with eight seconds left back into the Toronto zone uh, glance at the clock by Bogosian he'll go around back at the net and that will do it so the Winnipeg Jets do their work here they have a three game series and are going to come out with five of six points
1: no bonesy about it the better team won tonight Jets take the rubber match in five of a possible six points in the three game set and don't look now they're four points back with two don't games look. in hand. You I, said don't look. I will be looking, though. We are looking. Uh, time to break it all down. This is Least Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick with you at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stellick, Sam McKee and Danielle Furtado along for the ride as well. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca will drop by to break it all down. The Maple Leafs, weird to say this, reeling after back-to-back series losses, Gord.
0: Yeah, r- really weird to say this. After those three wins in Edmonton, it was felt first place forever. Uh, if you wanted to have a first place parade, you could have had it. I don't think they should have a first place parade. But you said it. Winnipeg Jets four points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. Winnipeg Jets have two points in hand, two games in hand. If Edmonton were to beat Vancouver tonight, Edmonton will be two points behind the Leafs. The same Edmonton Oilers, the Leafs left as roadkill about two weeks. And now the Leafs would have two games or would have one game in hand yeah. on Edmonton, but still. Getting a little crowded there. So, uh, yeah, all those points. This is why you put those points away for a rainy day. And I think Joe and Jim said it. You said it from the word go before when Lauren Boursois, only the sixth time he started the game this year for the Winnipeg. Just a surprise one because it wasn't a back-to-back or anything. And you mentioned it. The it's team v- that move, Gord. Oh, I know. You The team played harder. Paul Maurice had it. The, the, they played the Jets. Their best all-round game, I have to think as good as they played all season but still Nick we'll talk about it there's yeah. just full pause by the Toronto Maple Leafs like this is this is what uh, a problem they had a few weeks ago but the, ho- the the situational awareness whether it's odd man rushes uh bad timing on giveaways turnovers you name it so many of those again have happened in this Winnipeg series
1: yeah no bones about it i think you know they they've been victim of puck watching a lot uh, over the last couple day games and maybe it, it's complacency you know, maybe it's just the fact of the ebbs and flows of a season. I think you got to credit Winnipeg. I think they executed their game plan to perfection. Again, as you uh, you mentioned, I just think it was a gutsy veteran move, veteran call by Paul Maurice. We understood the uh, the minutia behind it, the ideology behind it, to, to go with your backup, um, to up the desperation level, and it worked. Uh, so you credit him for that one. I think you you still have to look long term and 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 you know with the season in mind that it's still a really really good start for this Maple Leafs team. They've dropped four or five, but still they control their own destiny. I know Edmonton's coming, I know Winnipeg's coming. They got to win their own games, but I think Toronto could only control what's up next, and that's Ottawa tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, a little bit of back to back, and also can can they? It's got to be. I got to think it's going to be Michael Hutchinson in goal. So can the Leafs do? That kind of game, because Ottawa's given the Maple Leafs trouble, can they have that kind of game for Michael
1: Hutchinson, like the Winnipeg Jets tonight play for Lauren
0: Bussois? and that's and that's what they're going to need. That's what
1: they're going to need. All right, the uh, Stelic turning point, and uh, unfortunately, no sponsorship just yet. But uh, we <laughs> have to. Dis- and again, we don't want to be those broadcasters that come on and, and blame the officiating. And I, I, quite frankly, I'm not going to blame the officiating. Just bringing up. I love your word chintzy. A couple uh, questionable calls in the third period. I, yeah. I know. Uh, chintzy. Sheldon Keith blew a gasket, gets teed up, and next thing you know, this game was over five to the final.
0: Yeah. Kendrick Nicholson, Graham Skilleter. To name the uh, chin. I don't know who out chintz to. Maybe just one of them. <laughs> it's too bad because probably one of them is. Uh, I can remember the two man refereeing system when I was a, a teenager, and there was one guy I'd ref with, and I felt like booing him. It was terrible feeling. <laughs> terrible feeling when you're refing with somebody like that. But. Yeah, it it in no way, no way, to be clear, had any effect on the outcome of the game tonight. But just laying the game, chance city about that. So it just just was a 2-2 tie after two periods. All four goals were scored in the second period. At that point, said that exciting period, was looking for more of the same in the third. What Leafs had three shots on goal in the third after 11 minutes, like didn't get it. And then just added to it, the refs decided that was going to be their worst period to boot. And uh, game, set, match, everything,
1: the Winnipeg Jets' way, yeah. It just just was an it was it was an ugly period. That was a monster series for Nikolai Ehlers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really like, was. Did you really notice? You know, in this three game set, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler. I, I thought Dubois and Ehlers had the puck the entire series. It felt
0: we've we've mentioned it a few times, and you're absolutely right. And that's not a knock against those guys, but it was. That's where, especially the last two games, where you know the Leafs lost the first, then then came back to win game number two, and we were just saying. Man, yeah, done a really good job on those guys and uh, hadn't noticed them at all. And again, it's it's Nick Ehlers is the guy tonight and a few uh, few other guys that way, but uh, they shut down the big guys. And also tonight, didn't really notice the Leaf big guys as well. I thought Joe Thornton had a good game. I like Joe Thornton's game, but the big guns that did it for the Leafs coming back the other night, uh, not so much tonight. And again, credit the Winnipeg Jets.
1: I'm going to put myself through the shower curtains in this studio soon. This lazy narrative about the goaltending, Gord, it's driving me insane uh, you know, we've heard it throughout the broadcast, the, the, the fan base, like I had no issue with Freddie Anderson tonight, and that's been the case for the majority of this season. But I think what we're getting at is you need those type of Connor Hellebuck starts, but to, to, to go to the extent and say, while wow, he's dragging this team down. I can't say that right now.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Especially tonight, but you're right. He could, he, he could use the, what we got used to early on, uh, so many games that he was the best thing about it mm-hmm. as guys like Austin Matthews were cutting their, cutting their teeth, getting to learn the NHL, playing well, but not at the level, you know, the, they've improved each year and, and I'm with you. Totally. I'm with you. Totally. But I, again, I keep going back to it. And this is, this is why it came up with Nylander two weeks ago. And the, I'm sorry, th- this is the price you pay for last season. You had a disappointing regular season and a, and a, Inexcusable playoff. Even though you went five and fifth and deciding game, I'm sorry as I talk about the playoff, I'm getting riled because it was inexcusable. I don't know what the hell that team was in those five games. So I think a lot of it, Nick, is you're getting the fan base just all of a sudden, just we've seen this too often. And again, it's always Freddie. Again, a broken record. It's always, but it's always Freddie in the playoffs that that plays like the team. They don't they don't play well enough. To win a series, so uh, getting on it a little bit, a little bit quicker, I think this regular season. Because I mean, I, I'm sorry that 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 Columbus series just that that did a lot of that that was a big, well, hopefully not a big step backward. It could end up being a big step backward, but that was an unexpected step for Maple Leaf fans.
1: Yeah, it was a souring moment, uh, no doubt about it. I always like to bring up that we all forget Toronto was shut out two of five games in that series, but I I think there is a way to be successful in the playoffs. You're going to have to win different types of games, and I think you're going to have to find a way to win games like tonight in the postseason where things are just so much more tighter. I think that's the biggest thing we can draw from that Columbus series. There was no time and space and to that point, I thought Winnipeg, as you, you mentioned, did a tremendous job against Toronto's top six in this game.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and and especially in the third period where last game it was the third period that they kept pouring along. We'd said the second intermission of Thursday's game, all you can do when you got a, a goalkeeper that's killing you like Connor Hellebuck is keep going at it, keep going, don't give up. And, and persistence did pay off. They, they kept going. He was making five bell saves, but finally, finally they got the tying goal and then the game-winning goal and all that excitement. And tonight, No. Didn't happen, so yeah, you know, you have to give the Jets full full credit.
1: So if you were to tally uh, from this three game set, and again, Winnipeg picks up five of six points uh, in this series, gains ground on Toronto here in the North Division standings. Uh, I would say pretty much it was an even series if you equal everything up, Gord. I think you Connor Helbuck was a big story, but I think Winnipeg was definitively the better team tonight. And I think if you were to ask me about these two teams who are right per, behind Toronto in the standings, Winnipeg or Edmonton. I would be more worried about the Winnipeg jets. And it's a, a big reason uh, because of that is the goaltending in my opinion.
0: Well, and because, and I, I saw, I think Steve Buffery said tonight, he was tired of Canadian division hockey. And I find people are going back and forth yeah. about things that there's a couple of days where there's some really intensive games within the divisions. And then there's other days you wish it was a Tampa Bay lightning, Boston ruin, even Florida Panther game, heaven forbid a Florida Panther. I can't go that far. Kind of game. So, well, th- this year's version of the Florida Panthers <laughs> and, uh, and the thing I like about Winnipeg, Leafs have not seen them for a while. They're going to see a whole lot of them. I agree with you. He's, uh, he's like, they're the best team in the division besides the Maple Leafs. So I think this is, this to me is the more at most accurate test of what you're going to, the kind of talent you're going to probably play in the playoffs if you want to win those two rounds and get to the final four. Like, hate to say it, you have not won a playoff round in a long time, and fans are expecting expecting the Leafs to be in round three this year
1: and I don't know about you I I just still have a different feel with this team this season like it doesn't you know I was I was thinking today it's deadline time it's wacky season but if you remember correctly the last year's deadline the Leafs came out and said we're not making a move because this team doesn't deserve it Uh, I see it's just night and day from where this team was a year ago to where they are now we all know about the pandemic and and all that surrounds that but I I still have a good feeling about this team Gorda I just think it's one of those things. It's the ebbs and flows of a 56 game slate. You're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs and the puck just not bouncing for them right now.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with you that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a like an interesting Kyle Dubas assessment of the trade deadline last year. And then of course, you know, post Columbus, just, just uh same kind of thing. And I, I, and you're right about it. I like what they have in place right now. I like what he's done. Yeah. I like what the team's done really like what Sheldon Keefe has done. And and I'm way more comfortable with this version, the way they're playing, there's way more stability, consistency to uh, a team that never, never really got it, except for a brief period when Sheldon Keefe took over last season.
1: So the Leafs lose it 5-2 here in the rubber match of a three-game set, dropping this series um, two games to one against Winnipeg. That scored Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation. Post-game still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca will break it down with some Zoom conversation, Sheldon Keefe and others. Uh, coming up but uh, again I think the fortunate news is you get back on the saddle and I think you can try to take advantage of a team that's played you honest and well this season but Ottawa coming back from a trip out west
0: yeah yeah and and you know a good on the Ottawa compete factor but you are a more talented team Toronto Maple Leafs and Ottawa is going to win the odd game as they deserve to do and and they surprised the Leafs early this season but yeah let's let's do if you're the team we're just talking about let's do the bounce back and let's try to get a little bit of a little bit more buffer. Hang on to that first-place spot and try to put a few points between uh, between you and what right now is Winnipeg.
1: Do you anticipate some lineup changes? Because I don't know about you, the last couple games, I really have not noticed a guy like even Jason Spezza.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy VCE. Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, st- I, I... Th-
1: I don't know what it is. Like, I think they've hit a bit of a mini wall. And again, it's it's a weird season. Like, we have to give these guys credit for number one just even playing because it's just such a different, different type season. But I, I think even some of the vets have hit a bit of a wall. Like, Joe Thornton, I thought, was just okay in this game, has been okay the last couple. I get it. He's 41 years of age. Same with Spezza. Uh, but they got to find their second wind here.
0: Well, and with the veterans, the back-to-backs are yes. when you were looking – at at doing at doing that, putting some guys in. But I, I'd inject some people. Yeah. And they're talking about Sabrin at some point because so you got the toughness. The revenge game or, maybe against yeah, Ottawa tomorrow. Well, you got the toughness of, of Sabrin. I don't know if he gets in. And there's still Gelchenyak and Nick Robertson. They won't get in. They're not there yet. I don't. But just, you know, different, different little, you know, pawns on your chessboard that
1: you want to try them out. Because the ideology is that we expect a Toronto move in the next week. I, I think that's what the speculation entails because of the deadline and the two week quarantine, although that can change at any waking moment over the next couple of days. Maybe they change the quarantine to one week. But I, I think it's important to note Toronto's schedule over the next little while is quiet, which could set up an eventual trade move here.
0: Yeah, but you know, you you've you've got to you can't like that totally dictate, geez, we should pull the plug on the uh pull the trigger on a trade now because yeah. of because the player will will miss one or two uh fewer games coming over if that's i mean the deal you, you got to figure more more likely will be with an american based team but uh i i agree with you about like the trade deadline it's funny it's become a bit of a misnomer in that with the cap and trying to figure all these things out real good hockey trades generally happen before right you know they they happen like about a couple weeks before because there's a lot to figure out in making a trade nowadays i mean last year I thought Carolina, the Vinny Trocheck, adding him and and adding Brady Shea, for example, those were a couple of neat little pickups they did, sort of trade deadline style that way. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you mentioned Ricard Raquel is the one kind of player that uh, seems to be in play right now and seems to have the intrigue of a lot of teams, including the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: The Zucker one uh, as well last year, I thought was big for Pittsburgh with uh, the Minnesota Wild. Um, but I, I I think when you look at this Maple Leafs team, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know how much stock I am putting in finishing first in this division, Gord.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm not obsessed with it. I just the, uh, I'm not obsessed with it. I just, the whole thing getting off to the start, like you have, I think it's a good thing to, to try to To do strive for, you know, because last year you did not have that consistent regular season. You know, you should have. So, so yeah, I, it's, Hey, what does it matter? Like again, again, for the, for the umpteenth time, we'll say it every time. This is great. The 56 game, regular season being in first place, Playing well, the majority of the games been a lot of real entertaining games. Um, Got to be happy with the skill level of the team. So many things about it, but it would just be like a balloon and a big pin going in the balloon, like the Tampa Bay Lightning two years, like the Tampa Bay Lightning two years ago, to get eliminated by Columbus, and then go to the NHL Awards and win a bunch of trophies and have to go up there like with your <laughs> head hanging low, all be- because of your first round exit. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are more than aware. Uh, that is their fate. So if it ends up coming in second place or whatever it may be, so you get the third place opponent rather than fourth place, whatever, I, I'm with you. Yeah, because I'm
1: with you. outside of last change, right? I think that's vital in any matchup game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. My expectation is we're, we're going to have nowhere close to a full crowd, you know, come playoff time here in the North Division. Heck, even any crowd of that matter, right? So what does it truly matter? Like, I, I know you want to strive for the President's Trophy. You want to strive for first in this division but that's the way i see it and i'm not taking away because they're losing games right now left and right four or five but it's more so like how much precedence you put in in first in this north division
0: yeah you know again, you go back to the bubble and you wonder how much not having a crowd you know you you want to blame every everything in in that case but you know yet the year before again i go to that game six on the sunday afternoon when they had a crowd and a one-nothing lead in control of the boston Bruins and didn't close it out so Game we're throwing darts all over the place. from a dis- That's what happens when you have disappointing playoffs and you're trying to look at all,
1: all the different reasons that could, that could change things that way. We're looking at it a different approach. The Maple Leafs lose it 5-2 the final here in the rubber game of a three-game set against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, still getting going here on Leafs Nation postgame. Still to come, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. We'll hear, uh, go to Zoom as well, Sheldon Keefe and others. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet. 5-9 at the fan. I've seen a dozen or so. Here's the Leafs with a chance now. And they score!
0: Willie Nylander on a two-on-one going the other way.
1: Probably one of the lone bright spots of this uh, 5-2 loss here to the Winnipeg Jets. Willie Nylander continues to be on fire. That's 7-9, 8-12. But again, that's the underlying story because the Maple Leafs lose this hockey game and this three-game set against the Winnipeg Jets. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame. At the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelic. Once again, the Maple Leafs back in action. Tomorrow night in Canada. we'll have Leafs Nation postgame for that one. It always helps when you can bounce back after a tough performance. But again, uh, Laurent Boissois I thought was solid in this game. And I thought Winnipeg was just overall the better team. But that's uh, encouraging that Nylander continues to go here, Gordon.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised. The shots on goal margin at the end, it really showed how Winnipeg poured it on. They outshot the Leafs 32-21. Jake Muzzin led the Leafs with five of their 21 shots, which kind of shows that's not the normal type game. Uh, Yeah, Nylander's been the one consistent. He had three shots on goal, uh, the goal plus one. Anyway, one of the consistent bright spots for the Maple Leafs uh, the last while. And over this stretch right now, it's kind of a tough stretch. You've lost four of your last five games have the may police, but yeah, he's been, uh, he's been someone that's shown in all of them. Um, so we're, so we're going to hear Jim's line later on, right? Ralphie's. I believe <laughs> oh, so. Good, <laughs> like, I get kick to out that that. Later
1: on. Um, but you look at the out of town scoreboard as well. And uh, we hope to have some uh, zoom. Uh, it is this age of uh, 2021 2021 uh, tough quality, uh, which uh, is unfortunate, uh, but we do roll on. We are pro broadcasters scored um, Luke Fox sportsnet.ca coming up later on. Uh, to break down this 5-2 loss. but well, let's look at the out-of-town scoreboard happening right now. The Vegas Golden Knights up 3-1 on the St. Louis Blues. Uh, that game, Gord, is uh, midway through the third period. Max Pacioretty has just scored to make that a 3-1 hockey game. Vegas has to be on a short list with St. Louis, I would say, for perennial Stanley Cup contenders, correct?
0: Well, they are, but the third and the third team in their division, the Colorado Avalanche, I was stunned how many people picked them to win the Stanley Cup. But I, I just think uh, I love this Vegas machine, and... uh And who would have thought that Marc-Andre Fleury was going to be back? Now, I know he's been on COVID protocol now, so he's been out, but just the phenomenal goaltending. He's been as good as any goaltender in the NHL. But you're right, you got three Stanley Cup contenders in that division with these two plus Colorado.
1: Early on, at 0 between the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks in the uh, back end of a um, back-to-back there between those two teams. Just getting underway in Vancouver between the Canucks and Oilers. Certainly a game we'll be monitoring tonight because if Edmonton wins, Gord, they'll be two points back of the Maple Leafs, although so I think Toronto would still have a game in hand on them. <sighs>
0: Yeah, they would, but man, for a team that you won 3 games in a row against. Wow, they've closed the gap. Anyway, it'll, you know what? It'll make it interesting, yeah. a little bit exciting, a little bit more intrigue as far as the division goes, and I'm not just saying that to try and rationalize uh, uh this recent losing spell for the Maple Leafs. Original Six battle this afternoon. New York Rangers four nothing shutout win over Boston. That doesn't happen very often and uh, Keith Kincaid gets the shutout, but the Bradman came back and he delivered in the third period, but I think he delivered a puck drop just in general being back. That really sparked a New York Ranger team that, that needed some spark. I mean, and who would think they'd be depending on Kincaid? It, well, like, Georgiev has
1: been indifferent, and Shesterkin's been hurt. Well, that's been one of the great stories of this season is sort of the unheard of. So like, I would throw Vitek Vanacek into that conversation, and, and teams rallying around it. Like, even Troy Grosick the other night for the Los Angeles Kings, the way they rallied and played so strong in front of him. Um, I think it's a testament to the coaching in this league and the buy-in in in general. Uh, Even look tonight with Winnipeg, they have their backup goalie in there. They know they don't have the Vesna winner, but they really stepped up to the plate and we've seen that time and time again so far this season.
0: Yeah. And uh, boy, when Columbus wins, you better be careful because Elvis Merzlikens Merzlikens jumps in someone's Mm -hmm. arms. So I think they get a big player there just to designate someone because I think he caught people by surprise before, but Zach Horanski scored late in overtime in that game. So that's a big four, three win for them over Dallas. And again, Patrick, I don't know if Patrick Line has accepted that he was not benched. John Tortorella took a day to think about a better excuse, and he claimed he wasn't benched. I guess he just didn't play. Is that a difference? I don't know. The other night. So that, I, it, all's normal.
1: That trade is going south in a hurry. We all saw the post-game remarks the other night, and I wonder, um, you know, the front cover on the Columbus Dispatch would be something if it's Merzlikens and John Tortorella hugging it out. <laughs> it's a possibility, maybe? Could be. Could is he be. wearing suits at games yet, Tortorella? Is he still rocking the track suit? Uh, he's been wearing suits. He's been wearing suits. It's great to report. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins talk about great to report. It's on for sure with that organization. They've won 12 of 16 under uh, Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, And thanks to all these smug people on Twitter for telling me that they're not playing the games, but still, it's just a statistic I like to throw out there, but nonetheless, uh, a three, nothing win. I have no clue what rock bottom is, but the Buffalo Sabres are below rock bottom, a three, nothing win. Casey to Smith, um, the shutout in that game, but Buffalo is six, 16 and four. I'm not building excuses because especially with this team Gord, but I think humanizing the situation is integral in this season. Buffalo was a team ravaged by COVID. And I think that's played a a substantial factor in this season.
0: But you you talk about those, like their record. And you go, they had six wins. And I'm going, when did they win six games? Like they've seemingly lost 12 in a row or something. I know it's not quite that many, but I mean. 50. So they they were off to an okay enough start, relatively speaking. They were. And you're right about it. We just, you know, we, we tend to think of Dallas, but Dallas' second delay was because of the storms in Texas. So they lost a lot of games that way. But you're right. I mean, I mean, their coach was ravaged by COVID. Ralph Kroger yeah. was ill with COVID. I mean, it wasn't asymptomatic, was ill. So I, I agree with you. They were uh, they were only down one nothing late in that game. They were keeping it close, but uh, it's just ugly time. Kevin Bieksa, you never know what he's going to have when he's uh, on the Hockey Night and Cannon <laughs> panel. Because he's setting up in his Anaheim area home. So he had a cutout of Brian Burke in the background. And Burke, responded on Twitter. So uh, Kevin likes to throw some things in that way since you talk about Brian Burke. And Daryl Sutter, I don't know if we're going to get more coaching changes, you know, because yeah. uh, he's got two wins now. Two real important games. I mean, the Calgary Flames could not afford to waste any time. And he's won. I mean, this is a four-pointer because Montreal and Calgary right now vying for the fourth fourth place in the North Division, and Sean Monaghan scores twice, and Calgary wins 3-1.
1: Got a tweet, uh, great Twitter handle, Salming51, sub-quotes sub a tweet, um, Freddie Anderson and his performance tonight, not good enough to win. That doesn't mean Freddie Anderson was bad, by the way. It just means Freddie Anderson's owning up because somebody's got to take blame, so he's going to take the blame. Good on Freddie. Yeah. He's a. He's a he's I don't a, know, Gord, maybe I'm just making too much. It just drives me insane. to. It's so easy to blame the goaltending in this league. Well,
0: it, it's funny. It's one of two things. Quite often you don't talk about the goaltending because it's such a singular position. Yep. But, you know, just in Toronto, he's been around just like Nylander been around. And two weeks ago, it was Nylander. Uh, I I don't know whoever, whatever. It it, go, it goes with the territory. And, and I think that's one of his strengths is is how chilly is. I, I still like a couple of years ago when Florida was here playing and it was a nondescript game and Roberto Luongo left and James Reimer came in to replace him. And he got an organic standing ovation from the Air, Can- Air Canada Center the time crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just thought that was really, really nice because he's the guy like Freddie is now. You know, just that the goaltending was felt not quite good enough. But at the end of the day, the fans appreciated how he competed and you know he was the he was the better than Vesce Toscala and Raycroft and, and and Bernier and all those other guys. So I, I so I, I think the same with Freddie. I think the fans there's an ultimate appreciation what he can bring. But you know it's funny though that one goal, as mentioned, Dermot uh, you know and it's the killer goal for tonight that puck's fired in the simple dump in and Freddie either you, either you let it go or you stop it. And I know he was trying to do one of there, but he does kind of a deflection. So now Dermott's a little bit mixed up. He goes behind the net and, you know, neither happened. He's out of position, Bogosian's out of position. They all shouldn't be out of position, but pass in front. And
1: that kind of was the killer goal that you never look back after that. Brett writes in, Gord, very passionate. We love him. Oh, good. And I love Gord as well. At, at Gord Stelic, at the Golden Muzzy, if you'd like to chime in on this 5-2 loss here to the Winnipeg Jets, rolling on with the scoreboard again. You talked about Calgary, 3-1 win over Montreal. They're 2-0-0 under Daryl Sutter. Montreal is 3-3-3 under Dominique Ducharme. Uh, Washington and Philadelphia, nail-biter late. Uh, you talk about uh, terrible goaltending. 5-4 the final in that game for the Capitals. Ilya Samsonov walks away with the win, uh, 28 saves. I have no clue what's happened to Carter Hart this season, but it's easy to forget he's just 22 the Panthers win again. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is on some type of role right now. A 4-2 win against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So Joel Quinville being, beating his former team once again. But uh, not really talked about a lot in this market. But Sasha Barkov's having a great year. 2-1 and one in that one, Gordon. Well, it's funny with Shifley
0: as well. that I, I look at them as the two underrated players. And they're, all, they're in great contracts. But Barkov, incredibly skilled player. Problem has been he's not been, been in the playoffs. Where you can normally showcase yourself in the playoffs. But now... That the team's going well. He's starting to get. You're right. Like, like uh, probably the most underrated skill player. First of all, I'm just ecstatic. Tampa Bay won by three because I, I, <laughs> you were, you were doing your bets early on, and you said you think they'll win by two or more, and I said yes,
1: and um, so we split it. Yeah, we'll split. Okay, <laughs> I put like two bucks on it. But okay, the, small gambling, small gambling in moderation. Uh, you talk. It's called about... gaming. Gaming sounds better. Yes, yes. Just, It's just like the thrill of winning. Uh, six three final for Tampa. They won tonight. And uh, the Islanders, I think, have won a billion in a row, but it helps uh, sometimes some of those teams in that division are not too good. New Jersey, you talk about teams ravaged by COVID, just can't get back on track after a hot start, especially Jack Hughes, a 3-2 win uh, for the Islanders. Uh, a couple more tweets coming in. Uh, Paul writes in, Freddie's been the second-best goalie on the ice too often. So I guess Leafs Nation is siding with uh, more of the media than than me, but maybe I am giving Freddie too much of the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because, you know, Three different goaltenders played against Edmonton, but That's in none. True. But in none of those games did Edmonton did goaltending was goaltending the difference. So, you're, so we're going back a while to goaltending making a difference, and we're going back a while for Freddie because he also had an injury situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, if you're breaking down the minutia of late, Leafs have been out goaltended, pretty well every single game of late. <laughs> but how many times have they had the bad goaltending? Uh, that's, that's a different story. Okay. Am I splitting hairs? I don't think no. I am, but no, I,
1: I hate to be that guy. Like they're making the playoffs. Um, we'll, we'll reanalyze in the post season. That's, that's all I can say. Uh, they're going to have to go with Freddie win or lose.
0: Yeah. You well, know? you start winning again, then, then, then we're not talking about an individual player. I mean, it's kind of like, hmm. you know, Dion Phaneuf would be that guy for a while, whatever it may Hey, this is reminds you what sucks about losing. Okay. And, uh, we in the Toronto market have had too much of it for years and years and years. And that's, that's, that's what happens. You start, you know, you you start vilifying Brian McCabe or whoever. You try to find reasons. Well, you, you, well, you need to find reasons. That's part of being a sports fan, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're the general manager of your, whatever team you're a fan of or the coach or you're both, and you've got ideas and, uh, if they lose, you go, well, why wouldn't Why wouldn't they do my idea? Yeah. They're losing anyway.
1: I just think Mikkel Ledin was a special player. And <laughs> they're missing him. <laughs> That's my theory as we roll the break, break. A 5-2 loss here to the Winnipeg Jets. that scored Stelic. I'm Nick Alberg. Other side will welcome in Luke Fox, Sportsnet.ca. This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
0: Breaking down, what's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame. Nick Elberga and Gord Stelic at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter, breaking down a 5-2 loss here and losing a three-game set in general to the Winnipeg Jets and things a bit more tenser atop the uh, North Division standings as we welcome in Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca to break it all down for us. Luke, uh, Gordon and I have been talking the last uh, 25 minutes or so about Freddie Anderson. Where do you lie mm-hmm. on the conversation when it comes to Freddie Anderson?
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this is four straight games in which he posted a save percentage worse than 890. Um, and you'd be hard-pressed to say that he was the better goalie in any of, the, any of these games against the Winnipeg Jets, although uh, the Leafs didn't really test uh, Rassois too much tonight. Where do I lie on Freddie Anderson? Um, I wonder how much he's hurting. He doesn't really want to talk about it too much. So I wonder if he's battling uh, that, that this nagging lower body injury more than he's letting on. And I also think that Jack Campbell would have started at least one of these games had he been healthy. And just talking to Sheldon Keep now, you sense that there's frustration uh, that you, know, you look along the bench and you got Michael Hutchison as the next man up. And Jack Campbell hasn't been healthy, even though he has a perfect record. Um, I think the grand plan for the lease was to balance Freddie's workload a little bit more this year, and they just haven't been able to do it um due to Campbell's injury, which keeps lingering here
0: yeah i I just uh, we've talked a lot, and I said so much to um, to me is playoff residue right about what happened against Columbus last year, and you know really luke uh, it's I'm big on Freddie, but I think it's firmly understood. Uh, for him especially, as far as the new contract goes, the playoffs will dictate it. And this even adds more. I'll, I'll take this in the regular season if I get the guy that makes a difference like Ed Belfour did or Curtis Joseph way back when, when the Leafs would win playoff series.
2: Well, and I think the fans would too, right? Um, yeah, the, and every goalie goes through slumps. Um, and you'd much rather them be in uh, the first half of March. So uh, I think what's important is that they, this guy gets, uh, the team gets him confident, and gets him in a groove heading into that the first round of the playoffs here um, because he still has not won a series. Um, And maybe, you know, they haven't all been his fault, but he's been the second best goalie in every elimination series since he's been at Toronto Maple Leafs. So there's a lot of pressure on this guy. You know, you you look and, and just this week, Jordan Bennington signed a, a pretty hefty contract in St. Louis. And that's the kind of payday that, that Freddie wants to get. You know, he, he wants to get a raise. This, he's, he's not getting any younger. This is his last chance to strike it rich. And it's the Toronto Mace Leafs team, uh, their best chance to, to maybe go on, on a deep run. And both those things are kind of coinciding here. And uh, as we saw in this series, so much depends on goaltending. So there's a lot of pressure on this guy.
1: Conversing with Luke Fox, a Sportsnet.ca 5-2 loss here to the Winnipeg Jets, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Uh, in your opinion, have the have the vets hit a bit of a wall here, Luke?
2: Oh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Joe, Joe Thornton uh, hasn't looked as good this week uh, that he did early on. Um, I don't know if he hit a wall. Zach Bogosian and, and Travis Dermott were on for a lot of the goals against. So I, I guess I see where you're going with this. Um, I wouldn't say that. Uh, uh, what I would say is, I, I would expect a, a jolt when Wayne Simmons comes back. I think he's going to bring a, a fire back to back to the room and on the ice. Uh, it was interesting to note. I think it was yesterday. Sheldon Keefe was saying how much the team misses him, um, and it's it's on the ice and it's off the ice. And he said the bench is a kind of a quieter place without Wayne Simmons. So I think uh, him coming back, which could be as early as, as Friday, you know, the Leafs play, turn around and play tomorrow in Ottawa, but then they get a rare four-day break before a back-to-back, back home against Calgary, and uh, Simmons appears like he might be on track to come back then, so he might give them a, a boost, and I think that's one bet they want back in the lineup. Uh,
0: by the way, in chatting with Luke Fox, to talk about excellent, excellent stuff on Sportsnet.ca. got all kinds of uh, great articles, and, and you should write one, though, that the Leafs' demise started when the hemline became the zip line, okay? I'm just telling you that. I'm just not saying, you know, we kind of got it, and then people turned it around. Now they are no line, so it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But I I would think if we could talk tomorrow, you know, after the game or Monday after the game, tomorrow night, what Paul Maurice did tonight and Laurent Boursois coming in and the way his team played around him, that's what the Leafs can tear a page and do that for Michael Hutchinson if he starts as expected tomorrow in Ottawa.
2: Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. You know, Paul Maurice said before that uh, he wanted to get Brassois in one of these three games for sure, but it's just kind of interesting. You have this goalie in Connor Hellebuck who's just been playing lights out, like just standing on his head, and you make a goalie change even though you have a day's rest. Uh, and the defensively, the Jets responded remarkably. You know, that they, they gave... The Leafs hardly any high danger chances. You know, they really locked it down, and it, they played much more responsibly um, because they're playing in front of the backup. It, it was it was quite a smart coaching decision, to be honest.
1: It was gutsy. It was like a Roy Holiday curveball. I, I liked yeah. it quite a bit, and his team really, really stepped up. As you know, I guess we're now a month away from the trade deadline. It's wacky season. The rumors are out there. I know you, sh- you saw Rodian Amarov was trending on Twitter today. Maybe he's somebody they gave up. Uh, you know, what's your expectation for this Maple Leafs team, and you think it's more likely they pick up a guy with maybe a year left in his deal as opposed to a, just a pure rental?
2: Well, that's always been Kyle Dubas' preference, right? Yeah. You know, like, he, even when he, he picked up Jake Muzzin, um, Muzzin had an extra year tacked on. Uh, same with Jack Campbell um, last year when they needed a, a backup goalie. That That's his preference. You know, he, he'd rather have a guy with term. Um, that said... This is a team in, in full go for a mode. uh I know they're, they're high on, on uh, Rodion Amarov, but, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those types of years where you've invested so much in bringing in so many pieces that are just on one-year deals already in guys like Simmons and, and Thornton that you kind of got to go for it. And the division has never been kind of there for the taking like it is Right now, um, so I would expect prospects to be on the table for the right piece. I would expect their first rounder absolutely to be on the table. Um, and you know, there's been lots of rumors, so let's see what he does in, in the coming weeks here.
0: And uh, just uh, the Miko Lettinen era. He didn't play tonight, but Columbus ones so or they're one to no know. <laughs> but but you know, credit the Leafs. Like like again, you got to keep trying, and I like that. And quite often they get the edge and uh, sign those kind of players who have um uh, a tryout type thing and then our ufas at the end of the year but yeah we were kind of excited about hoping more from what some players called the finish bobby or i know you know there's been guys like fabian brunstrom that have come over to other teams and and uh ozoganov was that kind of player barabanov is and that it just uh you know and sheldon Keefe said didn't have exhibition games which really hampered any kind of assessment but uh it kind of a bummer because i was pretty excited when they got him it's it's also a credit loop to guys like zach Bogo, I mean, let's forget these losses right now but by and large the the d has been a real plus point for the leafs this year but anyway i just i uh, curious your thoughts about the whole lettin thing
2: yeah there, there was a lot of fanfare right and they they really went out of their way to recruit him. and there were a number of suitors and you know they lean on jim palacito um kind of their expert scout there in in europe who logs a lot of hours and I'm sure, some hefty long-distance phone bills to, to get these guys. Uh, so I, there were, was high expectations. I think it was a real tough year. Um, no exhibition and no Marley system until partway through the year. So there was no kind of way to, to, to give them some reps on the farm. Like, th- this is the guy. Um, yeah, he was the defenseman of the Year, but he's played his whole life on the big ice. Like, it's quite an adjustment. You throw in the language barrier, you're learning new systems, and all of a sudden the games mean more than normal because there's only 56 of them and they're all in division. Um, You don't have 82 games to kind of uh, play around and and give guys kind of extended tryouts and and see what they have. You know, all of a sudden the Jets are on their tail. Like, there's not a lot of room, wiggle room, uh, to find out if the guy can play defense or not. And I thought he showed some flashes and he might be a better fit in Columbus. You know, you got the, the finished GM in, in Yarmouk Kekalainen there. you got a power play that's at bottom third of the league. Maybe uh, Letnin's skill set could benefit the Blue Jackets more than it was able to, to help the Leafs. And I think it was smart of Kyle, du- Kyle Dubas to find a home for this guy because he wants to maintain um, the, the relationships with agents and players in the, in the, in Europe so that he is able to bring guys to the Leafs without feeling like if they don't make the team, then they're they're just screwed. You know, he he found another outlet for him to hopefully uh, be able to stick in the NHL.
1: Fair enough, Luke. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks so much.
2: Okay, have a good night, guys.
1: Thanks. You as well. It's Luke Fox, of Sportsnet.ca, following a 5-2 loss here at Scotiabank Arena to the Winnipeg Jets. Toronto again back in action tomorrow night when they take on the Ottawa Senators uh, from Canada. We'll hit the break. Our final one of the night, uh, other side, Sheldon Keith. We'll hear his thoughts on this loss. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. This is Least Nation Postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 in the fan.
0: We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and the Leafs Radio Network. So you cannot bl- you cannot blame Sheldon Keith for being upset. But this is pretty much I don't know whether the, now
3: the referee has gone to the Winnipeg bench. Is he?
2: They handed him an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did not. Just <laughs> I did not. <laughs> the
1: line of the year, and many thanks to Sam McKee for grabbing that uh, from Jim Ralph earlier tonight. Um, again, a couple of chintzy calls there in the, the third. End. I thought that was That hilarious. was great. That, well,
0: and then, I mean, Sheldon Key, first time, he, he got a. A bench minder, so it gave Winnipeg a two-man advantage, and they scored um, with the two-man advantage. And uh, yeah, uh, Sheld- Sheldon Keefe is Pat, Mc- Pat Quinn just didn't like officials, so he was on them all the time, right? And um, I-, I think you got an edge that way because he was a veteran guy with some cachet. But Sheldon Keefe doesn't lose his cool very often, and he was just just ticked about the call so that that is a funny line they skated there for an envelope which
1: jimmy re- retracted yes he did uh, that's court yes. Stellick i'm nick alberga wrapping up leafs nation post game a 5-2 loss here to winnipeg last but not least we're going to hear from sheldon keith sheldon what made
3: it uh, harder to generate offense tonight versus the first couple of games in this series
4: Man, i thought we had a real hard time stringing together two passes tonight
1: What's your sense of where Freddie Anderson's game is at right now?
4: I did not think anybody had a good game for us tonight.
3: Any more questions, please use the raise hand function. We'll go to Luke Fox Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke.
2: Uh, Considering that Sheldon, are you going to look at lineup changes for tomorrow?
4: We don't have much flexibility at all to be able to make lineup changes within our roster. With how it is, so not expecting many. No. Any ch- chance Jack Campbell will be ready tomorrow? I'm unsure. We'll have to see. Um, wasn't available today. That was the word I got. He uh, remains day to day for us.
2: And last one here. We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance.
4: Uh, Sheldon, uh, can you just
2: talk about the, the three game series as a as a whole? They're the first team to beat you in one of those sets. Uh, what challenges uh, does Winnipeg uh, present? And certainly, uh, you've got them a few more times down the stretch.
4: Oh, I think you know within the three games, I think you saw different different storylines and different different parts of you know what was going on. Um, You know, they they present unique challenges. I I think uh, certainly it's it's as deep or the deepest forward group that we've seen in the division. Um, And just they got game breakers. You make mistakes, they make you pay for them. I don't think in the first two games we made many mistakes, but when we did, they capitalized. And obviously goaltending was the strength of their their, uh, games, you know, in the first two. Uh, And then today, you know, we just didn't have – just did have a good game. We just, we just we weren't sharp mentally, weren't sharp physically, couldn't, couldn't uh, get our game going. Uh, credit to them and how they play. They forechecked hard. They had good sticks on the puck and made it difficult on us for sure. And again, they made good on their chances. Um, but we just, we just weren't even, we weren't even close tonight. Uh, with how we played.
1: Oh, yeah, there's uh, Sheldon Keefe, um, the most agitated I've heard him uh, outside of the Columbus series as the head coach of the Maple Leafs.
0: Tilly answered that last question, I thought it was Greg Popovic of the San Antonio Spurs, one of his uh, his patented post-games that way. Yeah. He didn't go all yeah. political, though. No. He was, uh, that was, um, boy, he's seething about it and uh, just doesn't have a lot of roster flexibility. Nobody played well tonight. So, you know, just, and in, in, I, I, it's still seething, I think, from the chintzy calls as well, but more seething from his team. So we'll see what they can do tomorrow.
1: Fair right? enough. Yeah, that's, that, that's fair. And that's all you can do is move on for the Maple Leafs before we tee up that game. Uh, again, Freddie oh, Anderson. Let, let me just say for yep. the
0: first time, though, I have always said I really enjoy Sheldon Keefe's game things. And he's really in Florida. Yeah, tonight, tonight I guess uh, I, I, I pick up on the vibe. But yeah, there, there wasn't much there probably for the first time.
1: Maybe he was just looking for a beaver tail in Ottawa and he was rushing to get there in time for it. I like the beaver tails. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, with that in mind, again, as I teed up there, uh, Freddie Anderson, tough night for him. Let's hear what he had to say after this one.
2: Hi, Freddie. The Jets controlled the play more tonight than in the previous two games. What did you see them do differently tonight?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I didn't, I didn't really focus on what they were doing. I was trying to yeah, just trying to be in the moment, trying to trying to play my game, and and uh, yeah, obviously try to stop the puck. So that's uh, not really something I focus on during the game. I just try to. Yeah, see whatever comes at me. I'll try to focus on that. How satisfied were you with your game tonight? Um, in terms of what? Sorry, Luke, you're muted there. Well, how, how do you feel you've played in this series? Oh, uh, You said tonight or this series? Uh, let's Maybe go that's with a different question there. Okay, let's go with tonight. How do you, How do you feel you played tonight? Uh, not good enough to win. I think uh, there were some good parts. Um, uh, obviously, I think the third goal. I like bad back. back um, he, yeah, I thought he was gonna go upstairs with it and and obviously snuck under me. So that uh, that one obviously uh, hurt us. But, uh, but besides that, I think uh, I had some good things. But uh, like I said, not good enough to win. We'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark.
1: Freddie, in general, how have you felt since coming back from the lower body injury? Is that something you're still managing moving forward here?
3: Felt good. Felt, uh, felt like I'm moving fine and managing as best as I can. And uh, that's something I uh, feel like talking too much about. I just want to focus on, uh, yeah, playing my best and, uh, and working uh, towards getting better.
1: It's rare to not have a full practice or a full morning skate heading into a game. How, what was your preparation like heading into this one?
3: Uh, I skated yesterday, working on some things that uh, that I wanted to and
1: yeah, I don't know if you were at the ring yesterday uh these guys are rattled four or five losses and uh it's tough times in Leafsland last time I checked they've won what nineteen games, but uh Fred Anderson doesn't want to talk about his injury, Gordon
0: yeah i don't well the only guy ever did it was eric carlson right (laughs) he talked in the playoffs
1: (laughs) he's getting paid a billion dollars a year Well,
0: hey let's be honest freddie anderson doesn't want to talk and really (laughs) and these these are the nights where it's the professional (laughs) protocol requirements and and that's why they do it but i can see that it's like like your worst day at work and you've had a bad week and then you go home and rehash it that's about the last thing last thing you want to do but um they know what changes things if you get out and give that kind of effort. By the way, I think he actually out and Lauren Boursois tonight. Mm-hmm. Those weren't very good goals Lauren Boursois gave up on the Winnipeg side. It's just the team played better in front of him. And then, you know, the Leafs had three shots on net in the first 11 minutes of the third period when, when we'd said, hey, go out and play like the se- they did in the second period where uh, all four goals had scored up till then after 40 minutes in a 2-2 tie. And,
1: uh, you know, flat out didn't happen. The old here, so I don't get fined. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, Gord, we set up tomorrow night. We'll have Leafs Nation post game for the Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators from Canada. Your thoughts?
0: Well, uh, I'm, you know, this one I'm intrigued. I, I think I think the comeback, I think the comeback strong, strong effort. And I think the Winnipeg template tonight is the perfect one, how they played in front of Brassois to do that tomorrow, uh, as we expect, unless there's a miracle recovery by Jack Campbell. I mean, we expect them to, we expect Mike Huff, Michael
1: Hutchinson to be in goal, and Hutchinson has played better of late. You know, good on him. And Morgan Riley called it a big game uh, in his post-game sentiments.
0: Yeah, so. they, well, there really haven't been a lot of big games like that per se, so I, I, I think given what's happened, yeah, their first little stretch of adversity, I would call it a big game.
1: All right, Leafs lose 5-2 back at it tomorrow night in Canada. We'll have Leafs Nation post-game for that one. Many thanks to Lou Fox, Sam McKee, Danielle Furtado, and Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga.